You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined for the second week in a row by my best friend Ben Weir and youngest brother Derek Harrison. Great to see your smiling faces, guys, and thanks for being on once again. Appreciate it. No problem. We're going to be recapping all the excitement from this past wild card weekend and then look ahead to the matchups in the divisional round. First, it was the Seattle Seahawks traveling down to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Geno Smith had a pretty solid game going 25 of 35 for 253 yards and two touchdowns. He did have one pick, but his strong effort helped the Seahawks go into halftime with a surprising one-point lead, 17-16. Unfortunately for Seattle, there was still a whole second half to play, and the 49ers buckled down and left them in the dust, winning 41-23, behind 332 yards and three touchdowns for the man who's become very relevant, Brock Purdy. Ben, props to the Seahawks for keeping this close for a half, but the 49ers flexed their muscles in the second and showed just how dominant they can be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I did not expect this one to be that close up until basically the fourth quarter is when they finally kind of turned it on. But but yeah, I mean, props to the Seahawks making this a game. Uh, I don't know if the 49ers are going to be stopped. I mean, they just got such a great defense, and Brock Purdy has just come out of nowhere. Um, and that addition of Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's looking like his old self before he got hurt all those few years. This is a dangerous team, and, and they definitely looked at it in the second half. It's crazy to me that they could potentially win the Super Bowl with a third string. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's just wild. I mean, and, and it's funny because probably four or five weeks ago, obviously I'm here in, in Charlotte, so the Panthers who were, you know got rid of McCaffrey, there was a thing that came out where the Panthers thought that they won the, the trade, and it's like... <laughs> That's what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I got to point out, you know, we made predictions last week, and Derek and I were the closest with this one. Derek predicted 31 17, and I had 35 21. So we both had that 14 point margin. It obviously ended up being more than that, but we came within a few points of, of guessing pretty accurately. Well, in the second game on Saturday night, and I know the one Derek's most excited to talk about, it was a tale of two halves. Chargers raced out to a 27-0 lead, and Trevor Lawrence played about as bad as you can in the first half, throwing four interceptions, three of which were picked off by Asante Samuel Jr., who just happened to be Lawrence's most targeted receiver. First seven drives, he was 5 of 18, averaging 1.9 yards per pass. I mentioned the four interceptions and a zero passer rating. I kept telling myself the Jags have to score a touchdown before halftime, and they were able to do that on a nine-yard pass to Ingram. I know it was quite the hole, but down 20 just seemed a lot more doable to me. Counting that drive before the half and the next four in the second half, Lawrence was 23 of 29, averaging almost nine yards per pass, four touchdowns to zero interceptions, and a passer rating of 142.6. A missed field goal by Dicker the kicker kept the door open for the Jags. They scored and went for two on a quarterback sneak from Lawrence, cutting the lead down to two. They were going for the win. And then after holding the Chargers to three, they drove down and kicked a game-winning field goal as time expired, winning 31-30 in one of the greatest playoff comebacks in NFL history. Trevor Lawrence never lost on a Saturday in high school or college, and he kept that streak going in the NFL last weekend. Derek, please walk us through your emotions watching this game unfold the way that it did. The absolute craziest thing I've ever experienced. I mean, it just... I mean, it was just, it was so frustrating because again, even if we lost that game, I mean, I look at this season as an amazing season, but at the same point, it's like, man, we're going to really lose like this. It's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to like absolutely, you know, just kill yourself. 
Now, two of those interceptions like weren't on Lawrence. I mean, one of them was a really bad no-call pass interference. And that one was just one of those fluky ones that gets tipped. But, man, for a guy who's 23 years old who completely plays a second half of, like, not allowing things to mentally, you know, get to you, super impressive. And, uh, boy, being a Jags fan, <laughs> that first half was like, oh, man. But that second half, man, I, I can't explain what the emotions, the emotions were like. It literally felt like we won the Super Bowl. Um, I'm like, if I've ever, it, for people who have had teams win a Super Bowl, this has to be what it feels like. I'm like, this is just unbelievable. But, I mean, just amazing, amazing game. Yeah, and Ben, I feel like one of the biggest plays of the game was Bosa being off sides because they got, Chargers got a sack on that play, and instead, you know, it moved the Jags up five yards, and they end up scoring, you know, just a couple plays later. And then on top of that, he throws his helmet, gets an unsportsmanlike penalty, and it allowed the uh, two-point conversion later on to be even closer and make it an easy quarterback sneak for Lawrence. Yeah, oh, that was a huge deal. Um, and especially, and I, I feel like Doug Peterson, this is what he does, though. I mean, this is what he did with the Eagles, and this is now what he's doing with Jacksonville, just going for two, like, it got the guts basically to go for two to get, you know, within two and then basically stop them. And, you know, you're going to get down the field and get a kick a field goal basically. But this is a mad respect to Trevor Lawrence, like Derek was saying, to come out of that second half after playing so terrible the first half and just do what they did and the defense stepping up too and helping out. I mean, it was remarkable. A crazy win. I told Travis, I mean, Travis can tell this to you, Derek, but I told him this game was over the first half after I saw what I was watching, but it was amazing comeback. Yeah, Ben literally texted me and said, "Yeah, Jag season's over." Yeah, and and you, and you mentioned <laughs> Doug Doug Peterson, you know, and his gutsy calls that fourth down, fourth and one to I run that end around it. to Edson. I mean, yeah, yep. his first name's yeah, Travis, so we, sh- we should have expected yeah. that he would succeed. I mean, with the first name of Travis, sure. you know, good things happen. But <laughs> anyways, that was an incredible run. You know, thirty five yards down the side. I mean that that was absolutely incredible. Just to call that play, first of all, fourth down, but to do it in that way, because it just looks like, all right, it's going to be a QB sneak, and you have three running backs who are just going to push. Like, that's what it looks like, you know, and they stack the box. And so for them to, to, to run, and actually, supposedly, it was supposed to go kind of off of the right tackle, but BETN took it even wider. So technically, he didn't quite do exactly what the play was, but man, it worked, and obviously, we won the game because of it. I love his last name. Every time they kept saying ETN, I'm like, what a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Derek, we both echoed this texting afterwards how the AFC South knocking out a team from the AFC West, putting some respect on the division. You know, people see the AFC South obviously as a weaker division in the league, and rightfully so. But it was nice to see, you know, the Jags, you know, help that division, you know, earn a little respect after getting this win. Well, it's funny because two of the three biggest comebacks in playoff history, the Colts did against the Chiefs, and now the Jags against the Chargers. So two South teams against the West. <laughs> and I, I saw a great quote, and it said, to me, this just goes to show how important a running game is. After you have a big lead, you can just lean on it. After going up 27-0, the Chargers called 25 pass plays and just eight run plays. Like, what in the world? And then clearly we saw the day after, offensive coordinator gets fired, quarterback's coach gets fired. Maybe the head coach. There was there was a little bit of talk there. I think he's actually safe, but I know a lot of people were calling for his name as well. Yeah, and it just and I even saw him say something today, Brandon Staley, about he thought his he he thinks his job is safe, and I'm just like I don't know why you would think that after what just happened to you guys in the playoffs. Um, To your point, Travis, they have Austin Eckler. I mean, he's a top five running back. So like, I don't understand why 
I mean, Justin Herbert threw 43 passes. Like you didn't have to do that when you guys were up by 20. Like you said, run, I mean, run the clock in the second half with a great running back like Eckler. It just didn't make any sense. The best part about this game for me was that, you know, when people talk about the greatest comeback of the 2022 NFL season, no one is going to be talking about or remembering the lowly Colts blowing the lead on the road in a random week in December. (laughs) No, sir. It will be, it will be, man, that 27 point comeback the Jags had against the Chargers was crazy, especially after they had five turnovers. Teams just don't win after that. You just don't recover. So no one's going to care or remember about the Colts losing to the Vikings, man. I'm sorry to break it to you. I I hate to break it to you, but you are etched in history forever, my friend. Oh, yeah. We're etched in history, sadly. But again, no one's going to care. The playoffs are where what matters. So Truth. Well, the Buffalo Bills were heavy favorites against the Tua-less Miami Dolphins. No one told the Dolphins that news as they kept this game close the entire way, nearly pulling off an enormous upset before falling 34-31. Allen had a monster game with 352 yards and three touchdowns, but did throw two picks. A big reason Miami was able to hang around in this game was that reason. Derek, the Bills played around, and it nearly cost him. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Watching the Bills, if if I was a Bills fan, I'd be very concerned because, granted, they've had a lot of injuries, which, you know, is is definitely unfortunate. They are not showing like they're a, a, a top seed. They, they're really not. I mean, the way that they're playing, and, and even, even Josh Allen, he's really not playing that that great, you know. But I would be very concerned as a Bills fan. They got a lot of holes on that team, and and man, they granted the Dolphins are used to playing them, so you know, so they're used to kind of what they do and what they, you know, how to kind of attack them. So I mean, that definitely helps. But the Bills, they just. In my opinion, they, they just do not look very good right now. So, you know, in order for them to do anything, especially coming up against the Bengals, they definitely got to get something figured out because if they play the way that they did last week, it's not even be close. They're going to get killed by the Bengals. Well, we all predicted a killing in this game, so we were all wrong. But Derek, Derek was the closest. He predicted 27-10, so that 17-point gap there was actually the closest prediction, but we were all way off on this one. And I got to go back. I forgot about the Jags game. I had this one, 27-24 Jags. So I, I got that one just barely. Derek almost had the score. He had 38-33, Jags. So you had a you yeah. had a, you had a clue. So you were you were right there too. But and Ben wasn't far off. Ben had a little lower score though. I think Ben had twenty one seventeen. So he was close on the gap too, but just a little lower. But yeah, we were all right there on that one. But yeah, but then off on the on the Bills game, but that's okay. Well, the game Ben has been worried about for weeks finally arrived. The Vikings' opening playoff matchup had them facing the New York Giants. It ended a little differently than the last time the Giants came to town. This time, the Giants left Minneapolis with a win, and the Vikings were sent home in another disappointing playoff loss. It didn't help that Cousins threw a three-yard checkdown on a fourth and eight with the game on the line. Ben, you've been saying for weeks the Vikings would be one and done, and sadly, your prediction came true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't want that to come true because I want us in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I want to see one before I'm dead. So, like, I want I want one. But just a couple things, man. Like, earlier on, first half, I mean, this isn't really even that huge of a deal maybe at that time, but we went right down, scored a touchdown. They went right down, scored a touchdown, tie game. That next drive for us, we have a third and one, and we have Justin Jefferson throwing it back to Kirk Cousins. And then there was no block. There was no blockers at all. So like I, I didn't understand that play call. We got cute. 
And then again, just like second half, man, I mean, Cousins, I don't know what he was doing. Like this loss is definitely not on him. I mean, it's our defense has sucked all year. I'm hoping Donatel, our defensive coordinator, is fired after this year. I, I, nothing's been announced yet, but I'm just waiting for that to, to come to fruition. But how do you how do you check down, man, on a fourth and eight? Like, I mean, at least give the guy a chance. I mean, it was a one-on-one with Hawkinson, but at least give the guy a chance at the yard to gain. I just don't – that's just what he does, though. Like, that's what annoys me the most about Cousins is he always checks down. He gets antsy looks for a running back, looks for a tight end. It doesn't ever look. Why, why are we not looking for Justin Jefferson in that situation? I have no idea. But it's just, just frustrating. Congrats to the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones has definitely turned his uh, career around, it looks like, at least for this year. But it just sucks to, to lose like that. Well, I saw the play broken down, and Jefferson was actually double teamed. I mean, there was no way they were getting the ball okay. to him. And then okay. Hawkinson, he tried to block initially, which I think slowed down his route because he didn't. You know, that's the thing. I mean, Cousins gets blamed for it, but Hawkinson needs to run to the sticks and then make the cut. You know, don't run three yards and then go out. Run eight and then go across. But I don't think he had enough time because, again, he initially had set a block and then he tried to go out. Cousins ran out of time and was just, you know, panicking. Um, But, yeah, the whole play kind of just, you know, went to pot and collapsed. And, you know, that that was your game. But, you know, I texted Derek during the Jags game when the Jags scored and made it 20. It was 27-14. I said, so you're telling me there's a chance. Because there was open window there. Ben, there was no open door in this game. You guys just... No. <laughs> the door was shut. I mean, it, it's just the whole... Even though it was close, I mean, the Giants just, you know, unfortunately, it just they just kind of felt in control this whole whole game. And you actually got the I prediction agree. right in this one, the closest. You predicted 27-24 Giants. And I, stupidly, picked the Vikings, but I was trying... Did. I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't. Did. Truthfully, I didn't really believe it, but I was trying to be a you good friend, that. you know, I was trying to, yeah. you know... No, you did say that. But Yeah, you did yeah. say that wasn't going to happen. In my heart yeah. of hearts, I was like, yeah, no, but I'll go ahead and yeah. pick them, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll get lucky, so... <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, the Ravens weren't given much of a chance to win their rematch with the Bengals just one week after losing to them. Jackson was a no-show, and understandably so, with those contract negotiations that went nowhere. Despite that, the Ravens put up quite a fight, and if it wasn't for a Sam Hubbard 98-yard fumble return, this game would have gone into overtime. Despite that, the Ravens still had a shot at the end with a Hail Mary that almost got tipped right into the hands of one of the receivers before falling to the ground and giving the Bengals a 24-17 win. Derek, the Bengals are a scary team, but you got to hand it to the Ravens for hanging around in this game and making things interesting. Yeah, for sure. It kind of goes back similar to the, to the Dolphins. It's almost like since they're in the same division... I mean, they they know what they do well. They know what they need to do to try and win. But one thing I want to know is whose idea was it for him to try and reach the ball across two yards short? Like, that's you never do that. Now, Trevor Lawrence did for the two-point conversion, but it was because it was, like, inches. And he's 6'6". He's not right. two yards away. So I'm like, was that Hunley's decision? Did he Was he told in his ear? Like, what was that? Like, you don't do that stuff. So, I mean, when you look at it, that was a 14-point swing because they went from scoring seven points to giving up seven. So, obviously, that was the deciding factor of the game. But, I mean, that was just unbelievable. I don't know who decided to do that. But, yeah, that was uh, no bueno. I mean, that was that was awful. <laughs> well, I didn't realize this, but apparently there's chips in the footballs to kind of help with, you know, determining, like, did they make it, did they not make it? And apparently he okay. was still half a yard short. <laughs> I about to say, from the replay, it wasn't even close. You know, because honestly, like I wanted the Ravens to win because obviously if the Jacks somehow upset the Chiefs, right? Like, yeah. you know, maybe the Ravens could maybe pull, you know, yeah. So it's just one of those things where I, I, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. I mean, 
But, I mean, I, I think right now the Bengals, I mean, for as good as the Chiefs are, I, I think the Bengals are, are better than the Chiefs right now. Um, just when it comes to both sides of the ball, I think I, I, I think the Bengals and Chiefs kind of cancel each other out from the offensive standpoint. But I think the Bengals have a little bit better defense than the Chiefs do. But, yeah, that was just a crazy and, and really end of that game. The fact that they almost won on that Hail Mary. Honestly, that guy, I think if that guy would have just been more like prepared, he would have caught it, but but it was almost like he was just standing there and it, like it caught him off guard. It was like, dude, what are you doing? Like you should be, you should be like almost like in a like in a defensive position, like from a basketball stance, to like be yeah. ready for that ball to deflect, you know, any direction. But uh, yeah, that was a crazy game. I was just gonna say, yeah, just sit there and wait in anticipation. I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't get to you, but on the rare chance that it does, you're ready to just make a quick little oh, grabbed it versus like oh shoot, there it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is, guys, is that we really should be sitting here talking about how the Dolphins upset the Bills and how the Ravens upset the Bengals. I mean, that's and the Bills got lucky. The Bengals honestly got lucky too. So, like, I, that would have been a crazy week for wild card. That would uh, just absolutely crazy. And, and if that would have happened, the Jacks would have hosted another playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> well, Derek, oh I, I got to give you props on this one. You had the uh, margin perfectly right you picked the Bengals 31 24 so it was 24 17 so you got the seven point seven point margin there just gave each team seven extra points but nice job there picking that one well the stage was set for Brady to have another big playoff performance at home despite his team being under 500 the Bucks won their division therefore letting them host the better record Dallas Cowboys Dak looked as good as he's ever looked, going 25 of 33 for 305 yards and four touchdowns. He was slinging the ball wherever he wanted, and he didn't turn it over. That was probably the biggest thing. Brady, on the other hand, hadn't thrown an interception in the red zone in over 400 throws since his time with the Pats back in 2019. That streak, thanks to Joe Buck's jinx, ended as a bad pass that was meant to go out of bounds fell into the hands of Curse. Dallas was up 24-0 and ended up winning this game 31-14. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in a game, though, as Brett the Fret missed four straight extra points. It was insane. Ben, I've never been so happy to get a prediction wrong. Yeah, I mean, you were saying it last week anyways, too, that like you're not happy with what you're saying, but I know you were calling the Bucks. But yeah, how... How, after two missed extra points, do you keep letting this guy be able to kick? I don't understand. Even three. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm done at that Go point. Go for like, two. I they put him out. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't, I just can't believe they sent him out again for his fourth one. And then he shanked it again. This just proves, again, that what we, I think we've all been saying this is that the Bucks, the Bucks didn't belong here. And, and they, they proved that. They were terrible. They were terrible all year. They looked horrible all year long. And national stage showed everybody what they've been playing like all year. And, and I just, I just hate. I hate having a team that is eight and nine make the playoffs and host a freaking home game. I hate, I just hate that so much. And I'm so happy Brady's gone. Obviously uh, Cowboys is going to get killed, but just at least happy to see Brady gone week one. I know. Yeah. yeah I, 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 definitely, I definitely agree with that one. I mean, it was, I'm definitely not a Cowboys fan, but I was on Monday and boy, it was, <laughs> it was nice to see Brady go out early. Cause you know, in some ways I can kind of sit back and just enjoy the postseason now. You know, you, there's never that chance of something happening and Brady somehow gets there. Um, so we can just kind of put that to bed. So that was nice. Yeah, I've never cheered so hard for the Cowboys in my life. So that was <laughs> that was a first for me. But <laughs> yeah, I was loving every minute of it. And yeah, like you said, Derek, you can just kind of sit back and relax now and fully enjoy the playoffs. It takes that pressure off of Brady somehow finding his way to another Super Bowl. 
Well, that brings us to the divisional round for this weekend. First will be the Jaguars taking on the number one seed, Kansas City Chiefs. Derek, I'll give you guys a shot because it is on Saturday. But do you really believe the Jags go into Arrowhead Stadium and shock the world? So, I mean, one thing that is interesting. So we did play the Chiefs earlier this season. We lost by 10, okay? But it was the first game that really turned the corner for Trevor Lawrence. He played a fantastic game. Really, it was our defense who played awful. So since that game, since we played the Chiefs, the Jags are 7-1. and 7-1 and one since we played the Chiefs. And Trevor Lawrence has been playing as, uh, as a top-five quarterback. And really, he, he actually is first since that week in total QBR. So like when it comes to that game right there, really the key is the Jags able to run the ball and basically keep Pat Mahomes off the field. Like, if they can have really long extended drives of, like, seven, eight minutes would be, like, super ideal. Just to have, like, and obviously cap them off with touchdowns. But if they can have really long drives and really just kill the possession game, and because last time our defense, it, they, they played okay. Like, we actually had three turnovers that game, two interceptions. But it just, you know, we gave up some big, big plays. So if the Jacks can just, not give up those big plays and on the offensive side we have long drives i mean the jags really could pull up an off uh, an upset you know we've already been there this year we've already proven that we can really hang around them the thing that we just cannot do is turn the ball over like we did last week if we have turnovers it's not even going to be a game there's no way what happened to the chargers would happen to the chiefs if we did what we did last week so the jacks cannot turn the ball over and they got to have they got to really do well from the possession standpoint and then not give up big plays on defense. I'm going to go, so my logical side wants to say a score, but my fan side is going to say 31-27 Jags. I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the upset on this one. I like, I it. like it. I'm not going to go upset, but Derek, I'm cheering for an upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really do want to see y'all win. And last year, none, neither uh, number one seed advanced after the first game they played. So I'm, yep. I'd be fine with seeing that again. Yeah, the, the Bengals, the, ba- the Bengals came in and won. And, yep. and it's one of those things, yep. too, where when you look at it, you know, at the last four years, the Chiefs have lost in the playoffs at home. Yep. So yeah. it's yeah. possible. It's it's definitely possible. And I, I, my prediction is going to be close. I'm going to say it's a high-scoring game, but I'm going to say Chiefs win 38-35. But I'm pulling for you guys, 100%. Yeah, I'm definitely pulling for the Jags, too. But I think I'm going to go Chiefs as well, getting it done at home. And I'm going to go 31-28. That's what I was thinking before Derek said his. I was like, ooh, that was almost right on, but obviously the the opposite. So, But, yeah, definitely pulling for the Jags hardcore in this one. Be sweet for them to beat another AFC West team back-to-back weeks. Then the second game on Saturday is the Giants traveling to Philadelphia to take on the number one seed of the NFC, the Eagles. There's actually three of the four teams left in the NFC are NFC East teams, which is pretty crazy. Ben, you've been a little critical of the Eagles this season. Do they continue to fly high and take care of business at home, or do they take a nosedive straight to the offseason? I hate both these teams because they knocked us both out in the playoffs, so I hope this just keeps on going and nobody wins. <laughs> no, I, I do think the Eagles win. I think they, they really didn't play well at the end of the year, but I know Hurts was hurt and he wasn't there for a couple of those games. I, I still feel like they're a lot better than the Giants are, especially in Philly. I, I, I can't see the Eagles losing this game I think the Eagles will win I would say 31-20 I don't think it'll be super close I think the Giants might keep it close first half but then Eagles pull away in second half yeah I think uh, I think they're gonna win pretty easily I mean so my score I'm gonna say 
but it's going to, but I, I think it's going to be like the Giants score touchdown at the end and like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like garbage time. So uh, I think the score is going to be closer than what the game actually feels like. But um, yeah, I'm going to go 24 17 Eagles. I'm going to say 27 17 Eagles. But yeah, I kind of the same way. I feel like the score, it may not even be that close. It may be, you know, 27 10. Yeah. Giants get a late touchdown in the fourth. Kind of close the gap a little yeah. bit. But yeah, I think the Eagles are just too good. Well, Sunday's first contest puts the Bills against the Bengals. As most know, these two teams met a few weeks ago and had the game stopped due to Hamlin collapsing on the field. Bengals were up 7-3 early in that game. Ben, do you see Burrow out-dueling Allen in this one and pushing Cincy through to the next round? Oh, this is so tough. This one's so tough. I'm super happy to see this game, honestly. like I am so stoked for this game. I can't wait to watch it. I really like both teams. I like the Bengals. I'm just going to go with the Bills, only because I just... With the whole thing you just mentioned with Hamlin, I think their heart isn't it. I mean, I know they didn't play well against Miami, and if they do that against the Cincinnati, they're gonna they're definitely gonna lose. But they're playing at home. I'm gonna pick them. I'm gonna say thirty. I'm gonna say thirty to twenty-seven. The Bills win. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Bengals on this one. I'm gonna go um, thirty-one twenty-three Bengals. And I'll do a little bit of a shootout. I'll go thirty-eight thirty-one Bengals. Final game of the weekend is going to be the Dallas Cowboys against the red-hot San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy's been playing great, but it's easy to forget he's still a rookie. Derek, you think that the 49ers defense can put the clamps on Dak and their offense put up enough points to beat the Cowboys? Yeah, I do. I think I think, I think this is going to be – this is a game that I can see, honestly, like Dak Prescott throwing some interceptions, maybe getting like a, like a strap – like a – getting sacked and, you know, like a fumble. Honestly, this just, I just feel like this is the game that I feel like the 49ers defense is really going to come through. Like, I just, just with how the Cowboys play and how they've been playing all year and with how good the 49ers defense is, I just, I see this game being, um, I can see it being relatively close, but I I still feel like 49ers defense is going to get some turnovers, which is going to really shift the game. So this one here, I'm going to go 27-17 49ers. I wanted to pick a blowout for the Niners in this game, but I, I'm going to say that the Cowboys defense is going to play well against Purdy. So I'm going to say the Cowboys aren't going to win. I'm going to pick the 49ers. I'm going to say they're going to win 24-21. I will say 49ers as well. I'll say 31-20. They get it done. I agree with Derek. I think, yeah, in this one, you know, Dak played not as perfect as he could play this last game in, in Tampa. Obviously, the 49ers have a much better defense, so... I think, yeah, he throws, you know, at least one pick, maybe two picks. He's been throwing pick sixes a lot this year. I could see him throwing one of those, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Should be in for several good games this weekend, though, regardless. So hope we're treated to some more great football. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this wild card weekend recap and divisional round preview here on Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. Travis, Derek, and Ben signing off.